Hernandez ate up our show yesterday, but we're finally going to talk about Julio Rodriguez winning AL Rookie of the Year and Scott Service getting hosed in the voting for AL Manager of the Year. Plus, we're going to take a look at reported Mariners targets Colton Wong and Masataka Yoshida here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, what's up, everyone? It is Thursday, November 17th, 2022. This is Tidy Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. On the show today, we'll talk about Julio Rodriguez winning AL Rookie of the Year and how that benefits the Mariners. They reported interest in Colton Wong and Masataka Yoshida. And we'll have some closing thoughts at the end about Scott Service finishing third in AL Manager of the Year voting and the fan response to the Mariners' interest in Colton Wong today on social media. I know Colby has some things that he wants to say about that. But before we talk about Julio here, I just want to give a special shout-out And uh, thank you to our listeners for helping us smash the second tier of our multi-tiered giveaway that we're currently running. So we are going to be giving away the Taylor Trammell autograph card now that we have moved past 4,500 YouTube subscribers. So next up on our goal sheet here is the Jared Kelnick autograph card. So we have the 4,500 YouTube subscribers for that. We also need 3,000 Twitter followers. And what are we at right now at LO underscore Mariners right now, Colby? Uh, 2640. Okay, so we need 360 more followers on Twitter in order for us to give away this Kelnick autograph card by the end of the winter meetings, which is December 8th. Uh, coming up. Uh, and then after that, the Cal Raleigh rookie autograph card. Uh, that's at 5,000 YouTube subscribers. So we might actually reach that goal before we reach the full goal for Kelnick. So help us get to both. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell all those out there who are Mariners fans, or even if they're not Mariners fans, just tell them to subscribe, tell them to follow at LO underscore Mariners on Twitter. We'd greatly appreciate it. So. Julio Rodriguez is the American League Rookie of the Year. Really no surprise there. He gets 29 out of 30 first place votes. And uh, Ben Nicholson-Smith, a Blue Jays writer, is the only one that gave him a second place vote in favor of Adley Rutschman. We might talk about that a little bit. Uh, But I want to start here by talking about how this benefits the Mariners as an organization because... Earlier this year, when Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association agreed upon the new CBA, one of the changes that they implemented was a system that is meant to discourage teams from service timing their prospects. So a quick explanation of how that essentially works is that if a a team allows one of their top prospects who is in the preseason top 100 of at least two major outlets top 100 prospects so we're talking espn mlb pipeline 
all those outlets. If they're in at least two of those and they get added to either the opening day roster or at least get added to the uh, at the point where they can accrue a full season at the major league level, they will be eligible to win their team a first round draft pick, whether they finish first in the rookie of the year voting, finish in the top three of MVP voting, or finish top three in Cy Young voting. And so Julio won the rookie of the year. And now he's essentially landed the Mariners what is basically going to be a first round draft pick because uh, it, 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 it lands after the first round, but the Mets and the Dodgers, who are both over the luxury tax threshold, uh, as per as per Major League Baseball rule, are going to have their picks, their first round picks, drop ten slots. So that pick slots in at number twenty nine. Thanks to Joe Doyle of Prospects Live for explaining that. There's a full breakdown of all of that on ProspectsLive.com that you can check out. Uh, but so Colby, this is a huge boon for the Mariners to have because not only does it give them what is essentially a second first round pick. They also get the bonus pool money that comes with that, and that's going to be huge for them. They can get really creative with that, right? Yeah, they can. Um, in essence, you know, last year the 29th pick was uh, worth uh, or was slotted at uh, 2.5 million and some change. So that's that's significant. That's you know going from a bonus pool of about seven and a half million to probably around 10 million. Um, that's pretty significant. And when you kind of look at just the timing of it, it's really good timing because the Mariners farm system has um, done its job. Uh, it has provided major league talent, both in the form of, you know, Julio Rodriguez and George Kirby and Cal Raleigh and Logan Gilbert, but it's also brought in guys like Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez and Luis Castillo. Um, <clears throat> so when you look at it, uh, the farm system has, has done exactly what it was built to do. It supplemented the major league team. But as a result of that, it's taken a bit of a hit. And when you look at where most of the top talent is in the Mariners system right now, it's, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19 year olds. Um, there's not a, a next wave coming uh, in the next year or two, at least not in the next impact. Now, this draft, it's not like they can just draft a guy who's going to get, you know, major league ready in a year that that's not going to happen. But um, it's just about adding more players, um, more uh, skill sets that your farm system that your player uh, player development guys think that they can they can turn into big leaguers. Um, so anytime you get an extra pick, it's a pretty big deal. And like you said, they could go really creative with it. They can try and force you know uh, uh, a top twelve to fifteen prospect down to them at twenty three and overpay them, or they could just go slot in both spots and overpay in the second and third round. Maybe try and get um, you know three or four you know fringe first round pick. Uh, type of uh, talents um, with this bonus pool money. So uh, traditionally, Seattle has been very uh, slot oriented. Uh, typically, the the first round picks get slot, and and occasionally they get a hundred grand more. But it's usually right around slot. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with the with the two picks. Um, they've been prep heavy the last few drafts. Maybe this is the year with the extra picks they go back to the college ranks. Uh, we'll see, but. Uh, the Mariners have done a, a nice job drafting. They've, they've certainly taken some chances early. Uh, some of them have worked. Some of them haven't. So it's just nice to have this little extra pick here. It's it's really more about the money that they can now spend than the actual pick itself. But we shouldn't overlook the pick because it can be a, a very good player. I mean, and I know 22, I think it is, and 29 doesn't sound exciting. Um, but, you know, look at look George Kirby was picked in the 20s 
you know, they got Cole Young in the 20s. Um, you know, these are really good prospects and turned out to be really good players. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel like the Mariners are, are going to take advantage of this and it comes at a really good time. And it's probably the most crucial draft they're going to have because, again, you have to keep supplementing your minor league system because that is where you produce big leaguers either via trade or development. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's a really good timing and, and it's, uh, it's a nice perk. And, and I don't think the Mariners would have put, would have kept Julio down if, you know, if there wasn't this draft pick compensation, but right. uh, it does appear to have done a, a, a good job. And by the way, we should mention Adley Rutschman, not eligible to get the Orioles a pick, mm-hmm. but he did uh, earn himself a full year of service time. So, uh, you know, the Orioles don't even get the benefit of, you know, the extra year uh, that they would have if had this not been implemented. So the the system so far was working pretty well, and the Mariners are kind of the first uh, big beneficiaries of it. Yeah, so the, uh, the Mariners will reap the uh, benefits of this new system next summer. 2023 is going to be a big year for this farm system in general because they're expected to add Felden Celestine in January. Uh, he might immediately become the top prospect in the Mariner system despite being 17 years old. Uh, so that's really exciting. And then you get to add, you know, two first round draft picks on top of that. Uh, that's good stuff. Um, I believe Stephen Kwan was also not eligible, right? Because he wasn't a top 100 guy <laughs> right. really anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, so Julio was really the only guy that could uh, take advantage of the system mm-hmm. because also Michael Harris was not eligible either. Correct? He didn't get called up soon enough, and yeah. uh, Spencer Strider wasn't in enough. Um, wasn't in enough uh, top 100s or any. I don't think. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, really the only person who could have benefited. The only team that would have benefited from this was was the Mariners. Yes. Uh, so ultimately, at the end of the day, congratulations to Julio. Well-deserved uh, win for, for Julio. An amazing year for him. Doing stuff that you know we've never really seen a rookie do before. 25-25 season. That's incredible. Uh, and so it's, uh, it's really cool to see him uh, being rewarded for that. Uh, so, all right. So uh, coming up here, we're going to be talking about a couple of Mariners targets, one free agent target and one trade target of theirs that has been reported. Uh, Colton Wong and Masataka Yoshida. We'll be talking about those guys in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Simply Safe Home Security. If you thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On Mariners listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe Home Security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Here's why I love it. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from simply safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response simply safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room window and door hd security cameras for inside and out smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real and even hazard sensors that detect fires floods and other threats to your home 24 7 professional monitoring service costs less than one dollar per day that's less than half the price of adt's traditional professional installed system with the top rated simply safe app stay in complete control of your system anytime anywhere arm or disarm unlock for a guest access your cameras or adjust system settings don't miss your chance to say big on the only security system i recommend get 50 percent off any new simply safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on mlb this is their biggest discount of the year so don't wait that's simplysafe.com slash locked on mlb there's no safe like simply safe you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. So, 
A couple days ago, uh, John Morosi of MLB Network, 710 Seattle Sports, all that, uh, reported uh, that the uh, the Mariners have a very strong interest in uh, Japanese import uh, and outfielder uh, Masataka Yoshida, uh, who's uh, been an absolute star over there. Uh, and he is going to be posted by uh, his team, the Yorks Buffaloes. Uh, I believe that's who it is, right? I'm correct on that? I believe it's the Yorks. They were the posted. Blue Waves, but I think, they, I think you're right. They blew us, whatever. I think uh, they used to be. Uh, no, they are the Buffaloes. So, yeah, they okay. are going to be uh, posting him. Uh, that uh, became official yesterday. MLB Trade Rumors reporting it. Uh, so he is going to have an opportunity to explore uh, a uh, chance to uh, make it over to Major League Baseball. And, again, the Mariners seem to have a pretty strong interest in him. So let's, uh, let's talk about him a little bit here. He is a career 327, 421, 539 hitter over in uh, MPB in seven seasons. He has 133 home runs, 21 steals, uh, 421 walks to 300 strikeouts. Uh, I mean, these numbers are ridiculous. This is video game-like, so it's it's clear to see why the Mariners like him. Uh, but why else should the Mariners like him and have interest in him, in him and also uh, you know and want to bring him to the Pacific Northwest? Yeah, um, for the record, they did used to be the Oryx Blue Wave. I just oh, looked it up, and uh, that name sounds familiar to you guys. That is the team Ichiro played for. So... Um, Anyways, while I was looking that up. I didn't listen to your question. What was it? <laughs> you just want to know about the player? Yeah, no, no, no. Why, why yeah. should the why should the Mariners like him? Why should they want to bring him here? Uh, yeah, it's it's a very CTZ um, uh, skill set, and we know that that's not everything to the Mariners. They just brought in Teoscar, who is not typically a CTZ guy. Uh, Yoshida, uh, Yoshida, not quite sure how to pronounce it. Uh, he is. Uh, he walks a ton. He makes a ton of contact. Uh, there's very little doubt amongst the baseball community that he's going to hit for average. Um, the, the real question with, uh, you know, the players who come over from the, the Japan league is, is often, you know, how does the, the power translate, uh, you know, uh, Matsui Hideki Matsui, I think he came over after hitting like 54 home runs in a year and he was a 25 to 30 guy, uh, which Mm -hmm. is still very good, but you know obviously not 50. So it, it'll be interesting to see how the power translates, but the the swing is very good. It's a very quick swing. There's not a lot of, of moving parts in it. He should be able to make consistent, you know, contact uh, even against big league pitching. So there's very little doubt that he's going to, he's going to hit for some average. He's going to draw walks. He's going to get on base. Uh, the question really is, is probably over the fence power. So if he's, you know, 25 home runs, uh, then, you know, that's, that's a great hitter. If he's 18, uh, you know, 14 to 18, that's still a very good hitter. But, you know, obviously you'd like a little punch, especially coming from a corner guy. Um, defensively, he is not good. <laughs> he is not good defensively. Um, okay. I think if you're a team like the Mariners, who's bringing, bringing him in, uh, I think your goal should probably be for him to play left field twice a week, maybe three times a week, and DH the majority of his of his games. Like, he's... He's not very good. He's also on the smaller side. Uh, he's he's pretty well built, but he's five eight, about one eighty five, one ninety. Um, nice. So he's he's on the shorter side, uh, which obviously you know leads to more questions about the power. Um, I think a lot of lazy uh, comps will will turn to like Stephen Kwan, um, but Kwan's a better athlete. Uh, Yoshida probably has more power. 
uh, I would say. Um, mm. But they're both left-handed. They're both corner guys. Um, they both, you know, high contact, get on base. But, um, you know, he's not really much of a base stealer either. Uh, Yoshida isn't. So yeah. um, one comp that I did hear that I kind of liked um, comes from, I think, I think I heard it from Jason Churchill, Prospect Insider and uh, the Baseball Things podcast. Uh, I think he compared him to uh, Dustin Pedroia just in terms of a, a shorter guy who can uh, generate leverage and, and hit for a high average, but he swings. Apparently the, the word is he swings quite hard, but it's, it's very smooth. It's very, uh, you know, it, it's not like Jared Kelnick swinging hard, right? It's a very smooth swing with, with plenty of play coverage. So based on everything I'm hearing, it sounds like he's going to hit, he's going to hit for average. He's going to get on base. He's probably going to hit quite a few doubles. Uh, the only question with the bat is how many home runs are you going to get out of him? And then the rest of his profile is, mm, it's it's Jesse Winker esque, which is yeah, yeah, not and that's, great. And that's you know kind of concerning when you just added Teoscar Hernandez, who's an incredible athlete, but is not a great defender. You know, yeah. so uh, I I just I don't know if you want to bookend Julio with two guys who can't play the field like you have been doing you know I think you want to get better uh there and you know I think because of Teoscar's uh athleticism there might be some room to grow there and might be some room to improve but uh Yoshida seems like he's pretty much set as like a, a Jesse Winker type like that's just who he is right, well, he's also going to be uh turning 30 soon I believe yeah, exactly um, yeah so you know, this is a this is an older guy, and also I don't think, and because of the age, I don't think that he's going to make say a Suzuki money, which was I believe five years, eighty five million dollars. I think he'll get somewhere close in terms of AAV, but I think he's probably going to be looking at like three and forty, or maybe four and sixty, like somewhere in that range. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and like then, you said, he's he's an older guy. And then a quick reminder on how posting works. Um, so the Mariners would have to pay 20% of the first $25 million of um, uh, Yoshida's contract to Oryx, then 17.5% of the next $25 million of that contract, and then I believe 12.5% of the remaining dollars on the contract uh, to uh, to Oryx. So you do the math. Uh, let's talk about Colton Wong here, who uh, John right Morosi. Oh, there you go. Uh, let's talk about Colton Wong here, though. Uh, John Morosi also linked the Mariners to him. I know you have some thoughts on the fan response to that. We'll get to that in a bit. But I just want to ask you about the player here because this is a guy that the Mariners uh, tried to get a couple off seasons ago. But when Kevin Mather was still involved, they didn't want to go an extra year. All that we know all about that. Uh, but Wong is coming off of his best offensive season. He's still pretty much a platoon bat, not very good against lefties, but mashes righties. Uh, but you know, this is a former Gold Glover who finished first percentile and outs above average this past season. Uh, first is bad, by the way, for those that yes. do not know. You want you want to be 99th. You as close to 100 as possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You do not want to be first. So that means that he was one of the worst defenders in all of baseball uh, this past season, which is pretty yeah. stunning. And when you factor in that the shift is being banned, you're going to need your second baseman to cover a lot more ground than he typically would in seasons past. That's a little concerning. Obviously, Perry Hill is a magician, but what are your thoughts on potentially adding Wong? Uh, Perry Hill will fix it. He'll be fine. He'll put up, you know, plus four 
uh, outs <laughs> above average, and we'll be like, oh, yeah, no, he's he's fine. What, what's weird about Wong's defense in particular is that he used to be like an elite guy. Like he was premier, and, and even it wasn't even that long ago that he was average. So it just kind of feels like, Maybe the Brewers shifting was off, or maybe you know there was something uh, a nagging injury or something. It just it's very weird to see the defense decline as sharply as it has. Um, so I don't I don't know that that's something the Mariners are going to have to to figure out. And I'm guessing they feel pretty good about it at at the very least. But I, I think you know you kind of hit the nail on the head. By the way, the uh, if if they gave Yoshida fifty million dollars, they would owe Oryx about eleven million dollars. Just throwing that out there. There you go. Um, so Wong though, I think is a really good fit um, in terms of just roster build because I have to assume the Mariners believe that they can get his defense back to to what it was, um, or at least get close. Uh, and when you look at the numbers overall, he's a pretty good base stealer um, as well. I think it was fifteen of seventeen uh, this last year. Uh, he has some. He's developed some, you know, over the fence pop. Uh, he's he's not going to hit twenty, but he'll hit you know ten to fifteen. Um, he's going to make a lot of contact, which we know the Mariners like. He's going to, uh, you know, he's not going to strike out, obviously. And he's he's not a not a he's not like an elite walker or anything like that. But he makes so much contact, and he walks enough that he's going to put up pretty good on base percentages along the way. And the Mariners kind of already have like the ideal platoon partner uh, with Colton Wong. If that's something they want to do, and they actually kind of have two guys that could fill that role, uh, Sam Haggerty and Dylan Moore. So uh, mm-hmm. I think I think the fit's pretty good. Uh, I think the player is still pretty good despite the defense. Um, he'd be a he'd be a nice pivot uh, play, uh, assuming they miss out on the shortstops, which um, I think that has been the expectation from most people uh, in baseball for the last few weeks. Uh, so Wong had a club option uh, that was picked up yep. this offseason for $10 million. And if it means anything to you, I've also heard the same thing, that the Mariners do really like Wong, uh, that they they were hoping that the Brewers wouldn't pick up that option, uh, but they're still interested in trading for him, uh, even with that option. And I think with the, uh, the decline in defense, even though that he's coming off of a career year at the plate, the fact that he is basically a platoon bat and uh, has the, the rough uh, defense uh, the last year or so uh, and the $10 million he's probably not going to cost too too much um, but you know to and I'm going to let you uh, you know talk all about the, the fan response real quick but I just want to add here before we um, we jump on over to that that you know the the Mariners wouldn't be doing their job here Justin Hollander, Jerry DePoto, etc. wouldn't be doing their job here if they weren't at least reaching out about other possibilities at second base and shortstop if they don't land the top guys. It doesn't mean that they're out. Nothing that got reported today means that they're out on Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, whatever. Uh, and John Morosi mm-hmm. even said that the same guy that reported the Colton Wong stuff last night on 710 Seattle Sports said the Mariners are certainly in on the shortstop market right now. He wouldn't consider them necessarily favorites at the moment, but they are in. They are involved in this. So, uh, really you know it, it it's just they're doing their due diligence here and morosi is reporting that and that's it this could be as simple as the mariners just calling up the brewers saying hey are you interested in dealing uh, in dealing uh, colton wong yes cool or no cool great have a great day that's it 
That's really all it could be. And, and so, you know, you're going to probably hear that the Mariners have also checked in on Brandon Drury or, or what have you, because mm-hmm. that's just, you know, you got to you got to cover all your bases here to protect yourself in the event that you're not able to land one of these premier shortstops. So I'm going to let you talk more about the fan response in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That online is where the game starts. So, Colby, floor is yours, man. What do you want to talk about here with this uh, fan response to the uh, to the Wong news? Because half of Mariners Twitter right now is losing its mind, while the other half is you know telling it to, to is telling the other half to calm down. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, one half is being rational, the other half is being irrational. Tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, half of you guys suck. Like really, <laughs> truly suck. Um, Can the I just idea add one thing: it's November seventeenth, sure. people. It's I was about to say <laughs> the, the off season is, literally started uh, like a week two ago. Weeks ago. Yeah, opening yeah, week day ago. is yeah, no, opening day. Yeah. Opening day is one hundred and thirty three days away. <laughs> like, no one is signed except for Anthony Rizzo and a couple of relievers. Like, come on, yeah, come on. <laughs> Uh, has a free agent even changed teams yet? Because Rizzo resigned. Tyler, Tyler Anderson. Tyler Anderson is the one guy who's changed. Ooh, yeah, the Mariners <laughs> are really missing out so far. Uh, yeah, all your concern about the report that they're, they've talked about Colton Wong, uh, frankly, is stupid. Uh, there's no reason to be concerned. Headline, Mariners interested in good player. It should not elicit anger from anybody. Uh, let alone, you know, anger towards the GM and the front office who just ended the 21-year playoff drought. It took them four years, actually three and a half, less than three and a half because the COVID season was only 60. And by the way, the rug got ripped out from under them before the 2020 uh, season, and they still won 90 games. So what are you complaining about? The, whatever. The team just added an all-star bat. The team basically added Julio Rodriguez, the hitter. To their lineup, not everything else, but the hitter, very similar hitters. Um, they just added that guy yesterday, and now they're talking about bringing in another really solid, uh, you know, player at a position of need. And you're sitting here going like, "Oh God, they're so cheap. Oh, they're so lazy. Oh, they don't even want to spend money. How dare you? Like, are are you stupid? Yes, you are stupid. What is wrong with the Mariners saying, "Hey, you know what? Maybe we don't get Trey Turner. In fact." We don't think we're going to. We can't sit around and just wait for Carlos Correa to officially turn down our invitation to the prom. We got to be retroactive. We have to have backup plans. Colton Wong is a backup plan and a pretty good one at that. It's a player we know the Mariners like. It's a player they've liked in the past. It's a player they pursued in the past. He's a player who, by the way, is going to cost the team $10 million. So shut down your your BS. Oh, they're hey, so Oscar cheap also cost them 14.3 14 and million dollars, 13 yes, and a half. If you, if you take off Eric Swanson yeah. from that, like <laughs> this isn't the Mariners going and trying to trade for Jeter downs before he's DFA and being like, ah, oh, well, you know, we'll see if he pops. This is Colton Wong. He's a good player. He's a good player. Teoscar Hernandez is a good player. The Mariners don't need star players this off season. It'd be great if they got one. There's only three or four available, but it'd be amazing if they got one, but they don't need it. 
Okay, the Mariners got better yesterday, and if they acquire Colton Wong tomorrow, they'll get better tomorrow as, as well. So the idea that that Colton Wong doesn't pass your your test, like Mariners second baseman last year put up a 74 WRC plus, and if you want to remove Adam Frazier's July, it was closer to 60. They were bad. They were one of the Col- three worst. Colton Wong, by the uh, way, had a 116 WRC plus this past season. Right. They were, they were the Mariners second base was so bad last year. If the Mariners had Colton Wong at second base, they probably win 93, 94 games, 95 games. Maybe they beat the Astros. Maybe they push the Astros to game five. Like that's the difference. Adam Frazier wasn't good. What are you complaining about? Mariners get better should not elicit anger. Calm down. Like Ty said, it is November 17th. We're not even at Thanksgiving, which Ty loves. But we're not even there yet. I love Thanksgiving. (laughs) Let's calm down. There's been like one major player traded. There's been one major player that's changed teams. We literally just started the ability to switch teams for free agents literally just happened last week, a week from today. And you guys are throwing fits already. Grow up. I mean, grow up or like grow up or shut up. Pick one. I don't care which one you choose, but pick one. Yeah, you sound ridiculous. Anyways, <laughs> it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But I'm not going to get roped into the foolishness because this happens every <laughs> off season. I thought you know maybe Jerry and Justin and all those guys would have a little bit more leash because they did in the drought and maybe they would get a little bit more benefit of the doubt. Uh, I was wrong on that though. But I'm not going to get roped into this. You know, I, I I'm done convincing you. I'm done convincing you. This is me talking to the half of Mariners Twitter right now. That's that's freaking out. That, talking to the half of the fan base that's freaking out right now about the Mariners not to worry, merely guys. merely getting linked to a player by John Morosi. They didn't even acquire him. They didn't acquire him. They were merely linked to him. All the tweet said was they have interest in the guy. They have interest. That's it. That is as simple as I said like eight or so minutes ago. That could be as simple as. Hey, are you uh, interested in trading Colton Wong? Cool. Yeah, cool. We might be in touch. Talk to you then. <laughs> That's it. That might be that might be as simple as it is. Calm down. Relax, folks. Relax. It's okay. It's going to be okay. It's November 17th. And maybe yeah, maybe they do add Colton Wong. Maybe that is their, you know, answer at second base. And, you know, it's not super exciting. But like Colby said, it's a pretty significant upgrade over Adam Frazier. I know there's a lot of folks that are like, well, this profile is kind of similar to Adam Frazier and he's a platoon bat and all that stuff. I get that. And we will acknowledge all that stuff on the show if they acquire him. But right now they haven't. Colton Long is still a Milwaukee Brewer. Chill out. Chill out for a second. Trey Turner may still very well be a Seattle Mariner at the end of this. Xander Bogarts may still very well be a a Seattle Mariner at the end of this. Who knows? We really don't know. (laughs) And so until we know for sure... Let's not jump to conclusions here, and let's give these guys the benefit of the doubt. They're pretty good at building uh, baseball teams. They they've proven that. Like let's let's, <laughs> let's chill. Now <laughs> let's not proclaim the offseason a failure on November seventeenth because they got linked to Colton Wong. Like either grow up or shut up. I don't care which one you choose. But you, pick you, one. you know what? You know who else they got linked to last year? Albert Pujols. Yeah. <laughs> did yeah. did they sign Albert Pujols? No, no. Come on. Trevor Story and Marcus Simeon. You know who else they've guys. also been you know who else they've also been linked to? Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts, yep. Brandon Nemo. Yep. Come come on. Like, come on, guys. Mariners interested in, in Xander Bogarts. Well, they better be. Mariners <laughs> interested in Colton Wong. They've already given up. It's over. Like 
I really mean this sincerely when I say this. And I'm going to say it for a third time because I mean it. Grow up or shut up. I don't care. <laughs> I prefer you grow up. But if you don't, if you don't want to, then just shut up because I'm tired of hearing about it. Jesus Christ. You know what? It else is November Col- 17th. <laughs> yeah. You know what else Colby doesn't care about? Manager of the year. So that's why I'm only going to be talking about this here. Scott's <laughs> there goes the headphones. <laughs> All right, buddy. So <laughs> look at him. Look at him. So yeah, the uh <laughs> manager of the year was announced on what Tuesday night, I think. Wednesday night, doesn't matter. Uh no, it was Tuesday night. Uh Terry Francona, manager of the uh, Cleveland Guardians won, which uh you know, his team won the division. They won a couple more games than the Mariners. So be it. Colby and I, when we first talked about service's potential of winning the the Manager of the Year award, you know, said we, uh, <laughs> you know, we thought that he was going to get screwed out of it somehow, and sure enough, he did. What really gets my goat here, though, is the fact that he didn't even finish second. The fact that he only got one first place vote. This is the guy that uh, ended or helped end the longest playoff drought in professional American sports. Uh, and, uh, you know, Brandon Hyde of the Orioles, a team that didn't even make the postseason, got nine first placed votes, finished second ahead of service. And it wasn't even close. He got 79 points to services, 43. And <laughs> uh, I've been seeing, you know, people try to justify this by saying, you know, what Hyde did was remarkable. And yeah, it was because no one expected the Orioles to be anywhere close to that good. And, you know, I'm seeing things like, you know, Hyde was basically doing, you know, what, the equivalent of, you know, managing with your arm tied behind your back and all this stuff. So was Scott Service. His team started 29 and 39. Only two teams with that same record went on to go to the playoffs before his team did. He like his team suffered countless, countless injuries and somehow wave, found their way through all of that managed that rattled off a 14 game win streak despite that was able to still secure a wild card berth the fifth seed they weren't even assisted by the sixth seed they got the fifth seed which has been available to teams for quite some time now despite having Gino Suarez out for a good portion of September despite having Julio Rodriguez out for a good portion of September and who was the glue that kept this team together? Scott Service. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's shameful. It's disgraceful. I expected Service to not win this award because a multitude of things. But to not, to only get one first place vote and to finish third in this behind a guy who didn't even make the playoffs. And by the way, the Orioles and Guardians went a combined three and 10 against the Mariners. Just putting that out there. It's ridiculous. It's gross. Scott Service deserved better. And look, if he's not going to win it this year, I don't know when he's ever going to win it. I don't think he's ever going to win it. Because, like, this is it, right? Like, this was one of the best stories in baseball all year, the Mariners ending their postseason drought. And he gets one first-place vote? One? Dusty Baker had more. And Dusty Baker wasn't even a finalist. And he was gifted a championship team and just had to let them coast, <laughs> basically. 
come on. It's BS. It's BS, folks. At the end of the day, you know, because it doesn't really benefit the uh, the organization in any way. I don't care as much, you know, in comparison to Julio winning AL Rookie of the Year. But on behalf of Scott Service, I am frustrated by this. This is ridiculous. And as many people have said on, on Twitter, Manager of the Year is usually a joke of, a, of an award. Usually it's never the best manager who wins it in either league. So it's not something to get too hung up on, but it's still really silly that service was disrespected in this way. I know I'm probably, you know, to some, I'm probably wearing the Homer hat, but seriously, let's look at this objectively. Service was the face. I mean, one of the faces, you know, Julio and all that, but he was one of the faces of one of the best stories in all of baseball this year. One of the most successful teams in baseball this year. Well, you know, it's just, <laughs> he deserved, he deserved better. So with that said, uh, that's going to do our first show. Unless you have anything else to add, Colby. I know you have three words that you want to add. I don't care. No. I just oh. want to say it's really embarrassing how writers like basically hand this award. They're like, who made us look like the biggest idiots? And that's how they <laughs> pick manager of the year. Instead of actually looking at, you know, who did the best job, who had the most impact. They don't care. They're just like, oh, like we all thought Cleveland was going to suck this year. So I guess we have to give it to Terry Francona. Why? What did Terry Francona do that Scott Service didn't? Exactly. He won like two more games and made it to the division series and still lost. He didn't get swept, but he still lost. He won an inferior division, a clown car division. Yeah. That's what he did. Mickey Mouse division. Yeah. How exciting. (laughs) Brandon Hyde got his team to up just above 500. Wow. So cool. It's it's a stupid award. It's the only thing dumber than manager of the year is who they give gold gloves to. Like that's the only thing dumber. It, Major League Baseball's. By the way, you know what we don't need a two hour show to to tell us who the managers of the year are. Nobody cares. Oh my god! Yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah. It, Even the rookie of the year. We had to wait an that, hour to find out that, that they, they were like, yeah, it's getting announced at six Eastern. I'm pretty sure they announced Julio winning at like six forty nine. Yeah, and then they had to wait until like an hour later to find out Michael Harris won. Two hours for Rookie of the Year. Two hours of programming for three fan, uh, let's see, three fan bases in the American League, two fan bases in the National League to watch and wait. Major League Baseball, like what Major League Baseball does with the network is a joke. It's a travesty, mm-hmm. but that's a different podcast. Um, yeah. I watch zero minutes of MLB Network, and it is, I'm so much happier and so much smarter for it. Yeah. Uh, all right, so, Colby, you know what tomorrow is? The return. The return of Fan yes. Fiction Friday. Now, we reached out just to our followers on Twitter for this one. I want to do this with both our mailbag shows and our Fan Fiction Friday shows where we just let one platform kind of run it each week. So we'll do one for our YouTube uh, folks as well. And uh, for uh, maybe even for those of you that just email us, uh, we might do one like that as well. Um, but yeah, so this week is going to be Twitter submissions only. And then probably next week's show will be YouTube submissions only but fan fiction friday is coming back and if you're not familiar with what fan fiction friday is and it's very likely that you aren't because we've added a lot of new listeners over the last year or so 
uh, we'll explain on tomorrow's show. So be sure to tune in. Uh, but for now, thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Uh, be sure to uh, give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast featuring the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you tomorrow peace